So I don't know, that might not mean much to anyone but a few of us here, but I think that is kind of the official start of spring. Um, So today uh, we're going to talk about um, next gen stuff and why you know I'm I'm excited about um, what's happening in the next gen area of the church and why you should be excited about what's happening in the next gen area of the church and um, just you know what what that really means for all of us. So I um, I love doing what uh, what I do and so I'm I am in charge of basically anybody under 18 years old here uh, here at the church. So that's kind of a, kind of a big big responsibility you know but um, but it's you know it's a lot of fun um, sometimes most of the time most of the time it's a lot of fun we uh, we had um, we had a lock-in uh, this past last last Monday and that is supposed to be a lot of fun um, that's a lot of fun if you are 18 years old or younger <laughs> That's not as much fun when you are responsible for staying up. Like, you don't get a choice to go to sleep. You have to be up all night with these maniacs. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I, get, I love what I, what I get to do. It is, um, you know, it's, it's challenging in, in, in the right areas, um, but it's so rewarding at the same time. I say I say that it's challenging because you know when I when I think about um, especially when I think about kids ministry um, with the with the elementary school kids, um, just teaching and finding a way to teach some deep uh, spiritual truths in a way that six and seven year olds can understand. Um, that is that's that's an exciting challenge for me, and I know like it, it's 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 an exciting challenge for for a lot of our our team to uh, to come up with um, phrases little little phrases that you know might might rhyme or whatever these big ideas that that we write sometimes or or having games or, or kind of activities that uh, that are going to keep the attention of everyone from five to 11 years old in the room, um, keep everybody uh, attentive, focused, and, uh, and still kind of teach, uh, teach some of these truths. That's, that's an exciting challenge for me, but it's so rewarding um, when you get a, a kid that, that comes in that is so excited because they've been studying the memory verse all week long, and they are run into the area kids room with this big smile on their face and say, listen to this. I know the memory verse. I have it. I've been working on it all week long and I know it. And I mean, all they really want is a high five and that, that means the world to them. And, and, you know, it means even more to me. Um, cause that's, that, that, that's pretty incredible, you know, to have, have five and six year olds excited about, um, memorizing the word. It's, it's pretty awesome. To, to see teenagers, um, a lot of times we, we see teenagers going through this like mental um, struggle, this conflict of am I going to am I going to do what what I've what I've been brought up to do? Am I going to really surrender to the Lord in this moment? Like I know like there's this conflict where I I could surrender fully to the Lord or I'm also like on this other side, there's, there's this 
I mean, people mean a lot to me. What, what people think of me mean a lot to me. And there's this internal conflict that you see in teenagers. And when you see them kind of make that move and say, no, I'm going to make a stand and I'm going to choose to be a worshiper instead of, instead of following the rest of the crowd, like that is incredibly rewarding. To watch the Holy Spirit fall like he did um, at, at the retreat this past summer is incredibly rewarding. And so all that to say, I, I love what I get to do. And so today, this morning, I get a chance to uh, just kind of share um, what the next gen, um, what this all means, because it's rewarding to me. Hopefully, you know, you guys can feel the same way about, um, even if you don't have kids, you know, in, in this church, maybe your kids are grown, maybe, you know, you, you're, you're not in that stage of life yet. Um, we can all uh, really partner together because I feel like, and, and I don't know, maybe this is just my opinion, but I feel like next gen, like kids ministry, that, that type of thing, I feel like that is the most important area in our church. I don't know if, if y'all really agree with that or not, but I feel like that's the most important area in our church. And, and what I mean, like I don't want to take away, like I, I, I understand that, that prayer Especially, you know, our Monday night prayer group is is phenomenal, um, and I don't want to take anything away from that because I I know that that Jesus says my house is going to be a house of prayer. So obviously, that's a priority for the Lord. You know, um, the the day's going to come. Jesus said when people are going to worship God in spirit and truth, and so worship is incredibly important to the Lord. And that's that's not like that. Those aren't really what I'm talking about. I'm really talking about like the the demographic of kids like the future of our church is the most important area that we can pour into teaching our kids the importance of prayer and teaching our kids how to worship is is incredibly important because i understand that who i'm talking to right now unfortunately is not the future of our church <laughs> You guys, you guys aren't the future of our church, and you're not the future kingdom carriers. You're not, you're not the ones that are going to advance the kingdom in the, in the coming days. It's, it's the ones in, in this back hallway over here that are really, these are, these are the future of Eastside Church, and this is the future of God's global church in this back hallway. And so that's, that's incredibly important. It's a huge responsibility for us to, to raise these kids because I don't know if you... Um, ever think about this, but, uh, but like in this back hallway right now, we have, um, we have future worship leaders, you know, like we have future pastors and like beyond that we have, we have future prophets and there's, there's prophets in this, in this back hallway and some of them might be getting their diaper changed right now, but they are future prophets there's, there's evangelists. There's, there, are, there are future men and women that are going to carry the same type of anointing that Billy Graham just left behind. And they're, they're in this back hallway right now. Me and Mel were, were joking around a little bit last night about, um, about, about this whole, whole concept about like there's, there's future healing hands that are just sticky right now for no reason. We don't know why. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know. <laughs> they just have they just have sticky hands for some reason. <laughs> but all that to say that, you know, there's a there's a fivefold ministry going on in this back hallway and it's 
it's going to be um, it's going to be incredible to watch watch that develop and watch that really unfold um, in the coming days. It's going to be pretty awesome, and it's and it's a big responsibility for us because right now those destinies, the destinies of the future apostles, that destiny is is going to be built on the foundation that's being poured right now. Does that make sense? Like the foundation that we're giving them right now, that to me determines how big of an anointing that that can hold. Does that make sense? Like I want to build a solid foundation that the Lord can just add and add and add and and multiply and multiply and multiply and it not crumble under me. The foundation is being poured right now so that that destiny of that future apostle and pastor and prophet and teacher and evangelist, that that ministry can be supported. So that's why I think think this is an incredibly important responsibility that not only I have, but we all share as a church because this isn't just my responsibility. This This is something that I am in charge of, that I'm, I'm, I'm a leader of, but really this is something that I manage that, that we as a church can really partner together with. Um, did you know we have, uh, I think, I, I don't know the exact number, but we have something like between 70 and 80 next generation volunteers, like people in this church that have some kind of hand in the next gen area, whether that's in, I mean, it could be in check-in, you know, it could be nursery or threes and fours or area kids. It could be Wednesday night volunteers, um, the Canyon Youth Ministry, Crisis, um, our middle school ministry on Sunday mornings. Um, We have, I mean, we have a lot of people that have a hand in raising up this next generation and that's pretty exciting to me so thank you guys for for everything that you do and making my life easier most of you are making my life easier no i'm just kidding so um so i want to start off today um in in the book of proverbs do you know proverbs it was uh basically proverbs was like written with this whole thing in mind of raising up the next generation like solomon wrote this this book for for his son who, who's going to be like the, the future king, like he's going to be, like he's, he's, the, he's the next one coming up. So Solomon, wisest guy that ever lived, um, wrote this book for basically, you know, I'm choosing to look at it, he wrote it for the next generation. And so in the book of Proverbs, we find this very familiar verse, Proverbs 22, 6. And it should be on the screen, I think, yes. Let's, uh, let's read this together, can we? Let's read it together. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's a pretty familiar verse, I think. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's older, he's, he's not going to depart from that thing. There, I had a, uh, I worked with a guy. Um, he was a retired police captain um, from the NYPD. He moved down here, and he uh, he retired down here, and he he had this uh, he had this sign like this little like printout, just a computer printout of uh, of this quote, and it always I don't know just stuck with me. It said that in in a time of crisis, and obviously like he's a police captain, this means maybe a little bit has a different connotation for him, but uh, but he says 
in a time of crisis, you're not going to rise to the occasion. Instead, you're going to default to your level of training. I just thought, that's, that's really good. A lot of times, like, we, we think that, you know, in this, in this time, I don't know, most, most of the guys here, I'm sure, like, we, we have this, uh, we, we think about this often, like, what if this happens? Well, how am I going to respond? Well, I'm going to respond by, you know, I'm going to take that thing out. You know, I'm going to take out the threat, you know, and I'm going to be the hero. Like, that's, that's kind of how we, how we respond a lot of times in, in our minds. Um, Mel, Mel thinks that I dream about that all the time. Um, but, you know, she's probably true. Um, but, uh, but instead, I mean, I think that quote is incredibly accurate, that in a time of crisis, like, you're really going to default to your level of training. You're not going to rise to the occasion. And what does that mean? What does that mean for us? I think it, what that means is exactly what this verse is saying, that, that as we raise our kids, like, a lot of times it's so easy to just kind of hope that they turn out all right, you know? Like, we, we're kind of, I don't know, uh, lackadaisical uh, might be the right word, um, where we, we're not necessarily training them up the way that we really should, like, with, with real purpose um, and hoping that everything turns out all right, hoping that if we bring them to church, then then, you know, they'll just, like, kind of continue going to church when they're older. Like, like that's, that's kind of what, what this verse is saying. If you bring them to church, then they'll go to church when they're older. But I don't, I don't really think that's, that's true. You know, that's, that's very watered down what this is, what this is really saying. Like, that's, that's, not, that, that's not quite it, because that's not, that's not training. You know, to me, that, that's not really training. That's not training up a child. That's, I don't know hoping that someone else does it for you maybe but but that's not really that's not really training up a child instead i want to train up children i want to train up this this next generation so that in that time of crisis they're going to default to their level of training which is on their knees in prayer you know like like I'm going to like in a time of crisis, their their default level of training is worship. Their default level of training is is proclaiming who God is. Like that's that's their default level of training. Not not going back to to parents or going back to friends or going back to um, just avoiding a situation or, or something like that. Like their default level of training is is worshiping God. So that's what I that's what I think that verse means. And what I I really want to what I really want to bring out too is is that while this is this is my job here at the church, um, this verse is much more meant for parents. You know, this is much more meant for for the family. This is much more meant for for the household. You know, it's not my job to train your children in the way they should go. I guess is, is what I'm saying. If I can be blunt, it's not my job to train your kids in the way they should go. It's your job to train your kids in the way they should go. It's your job as parents to, to discipline your children so that they understand the truth. It's your job as parents to, to teach your kids these truths about who God is and how they should respond to him. That's, that's your job as parents. And what my job is, just so we can kind of clarify roles, it's my job to come alongside you and help you out any way that I can. 
It's my job to give you some tools to, to help you train your kids in the way they should go so that when they're older, they won't depart from it. That's, that's my job. And so today, um, this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about that, about those two roles, about um, some kind of, I don't know, some expectations that I think um, that are fair and realistic. And so, uh, so we're going to talk about what that looks like. How, how can parents, you know, how can, what, what's your role and what is our role as, as a church? And so parents, first thing I want to look at, I think it is your job to teach kids how to pursue God. Okay. Teach kids how to pursue God. So uh, let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is the story, uh, again, it's a, it's a bit of a familiar story, um, where, uh, where the Lord is, is speaking to Samuel for the first time. The, the boy Samuel, it says, um, 1 Samuel chapter 3, we're going to start in 1. It says, now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun, has, had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, he was lying down in his own place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and said, here I am. Sorry, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel, this is interesting to me. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. We'll talk about that in a second. Moving on, verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli. And he said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. And after that we see that Samuel, you know, the Lord calls Samuel again. He, he does what Eli um, tells him to do, and, and the Lord starts to reveal all of these things to Samuel. But what's interesting to me is that this is, this is the, the, the same Samuel. Like, this is, this is the Samuel who was one of the great prophets in the Old Testament, and he did not know the voice of the Lord. Like, he, he didn't just, like, come out knowing the voice of the Lord, Right? It's interesting to me in this, in this story that he had to be taught how to hear the Lord. He had to be taught how to hear the Lord. Eli had to teach Samuel, like the Lord is speaking multiple times, and Samuel doesn't know who's talking to him. And so Eli has to take some time and teach his son, I'll say his son, because it's basically his son, how, how to hear the voice of the Lord. That's interesting to me. You know what that tells me? That tells me that, that the kids that we have in, in this next room, the kids that, that some of you are going to go home with today, might not know the voice of the Lord. 
And a lot of times we, we might, I don't know, take that for granted or, or think that, well, that'll just come with time. But, I mean, this, this is telling me that we have to teach our kids how to hear the voice of the Lord. I mean, there's, if we really believe that there's future prophets in that next room, let's teach those future prophets how to hear the voice of the Lord and how to respond to it how to pursue God, how to be listening for that, how to take time out of their day and, and make that a priority of a thing, like make this a something that they look forward to doing and something that they see is important. Let's teach them how to, how to hear the voice of the Lord. I wonder what would happen if, if Eli just decided he didn't want to teach Samuel. Like what, what, what would happen if Eli just got lazy or he just wasn't really looking for those teaching opportunities. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would have happened with Samuel. Maybe, maybe he would have learned eventually. I don't know. But I, I, I know this, that that foundation was laid at a young age so that Samuel could go on to be one of the great prophets in the Old Testament because he had someone teaching him how to, how to hear the voice of the Lord. And in Luke 11... Um, it's kind of. It's also kind of interesting to me. We have, uh, we have the disciples come up to to Jesus in in Luke eleven at the very beginning, and he says, um, the the disciples are like, Lord, teach us how to pray. He says, uh, the 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 disciples say, John taught his disciples how to pray. Why don't you teach us how to pray? And so Jesus says, okay, I'll teach you how to pray. And he says, pray like this, and he he gives the the example of of what we call the Lord's prayer. And it's interesting to me that the disciples needed to learn how to pray. The disciples needed to learn how to pray. Now, they probably had some semblance of an idea of what, what that meant. But Jesus had to go, Jesus had to teach his disciples how to pray. And, and we as, as a church and you as parents, like that's... That's, that's, your, that's your responsibility. That's our responsibility. Not to, not to take this stuff for granted, not to, not to think that these kids already know how to do this, which they do to a degree, but we need to teach these kids, we need to teach this next generation how to pray. What does that look like? When should we do that? How often should we do that? What, what are the types of things we should be praying about? What are some of the words that we might should say? We need to be teaching these next generations some of those basic truths that sometimes we might take for granted because that's laying that foundation. The other thing that, uh, that, that I think for, for parents, so, so far we have teaching those, those, those uh, foundational truths, right? Teaching kids how to pursue God. First thing, number one, parents. Number two, I'm going to say read, pray, worship together. I think that's incredibly important. Reading, praying, worshiping together as a family. So oftentimes I think that, that it's, it's so easy to parents to kind of go their own way and kids to kind of go into children's church, you know, and, and we don't really come together and do that together. And what I think that that breeds to me, and I don't know, maybe maybe uh, I just feel like the Lord was just kind of speaking this this week as I was preparing, that when kids like when kids go to 
kids church to in the in the area kids or threes and fours or wherever they're going and and they sing some of these songs that we're doing and they learn some of these uh, bible stories and and all of that um that if they're not getting something like if they if we're not talking about that as as a family like if, if we're not reading those things together if we're not praying together it's almost seems like well kids church is is kind of like i don't know nickelodeon where it's it's just it's it's a kids thing to do like it's it's not really an adult thing to do this is this is a kids thing and and eventually I'm going to grow out of this does that make sense like so we 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 have kids going to to kids church and they learn about that and then it, if it just stays in there well then it just becomes a kid thing it just becomes a thing for kids and kids only and that's just not the case I think it's really important for us as as a family, for you as as a family, to pray together, to to read the word together, and we're going to to look at, at how how we can do that. You know, I'm going to give some tools here in a little bit about um, you know what that what that uh, how we as a church can can help in that process. But I think that's important. And the last thing, which is very similar, is talking about these things. Talking about having these God conversations, if you will. Have God conversations with your kids. Another thing that, that the Lord was, was speaking to me, um, and you know, let, let, let's, look at the, let's look at the verse first. This is, uh, the Lord was talking out of Exodus uh, 17, if you want to turn there. Exodus 17, um, starting in verse 8, this is where uh, the Israelites are fighting against the Amalekites. And this is, this is the story where um, Moses uh, lifts up his hands, and as long as he lifts up his hands, then the Israelites win the battle. If he puts his hands down, the Israelites lose the battle. Um, fairly familiar story for, for some of us, um, but that's, that's, what, that's what happens. And so... Um, well, we'll just read the story in verse 8. Then, then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. And so Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him, and he fought with Amalek. And while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. Whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary so that he... Uh, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other side. So his hands were steady in, until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. And this is the verse, verse 14, that I really want to highlight. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua. I think, I think that's, that is relevant for today, right now. To write this down as a memorial and recite it in the ears of Joshua. So often I think um, the, the tendency might be to, um, again, kind of go our own way. And, and, it's, and it's really easy to talk about what the Lord's doing in my life or what the Lord's teaching in my life in my own small group or with my peers like it's it's easy to talk about those things in men's and women's groups right it's easy to talk about those things there but we fail to recite those things in the ears of joshua if you will does that make sense so so i think it's i think it's incredibly important 
to recite those things in the ears of Joshua because Moses did that and Joshua led the people. And then after Joshua's generation, it says that they didn't pass that on to the next generation. They didn't talk about those things. And nobody knew the Lord after that. Nobody knew what the Lord did after that. Nobody remembered the Lord bringing them out of, of Egypt. Nobody remembered the, the Lord bringing them, crossing them over the Jordan River. That stuff wasn't talked about. And it said, nobody, that whole generation after Joshua didn't know what the Lord had done and didn't know who the Lord was. So I think it is incredibly important for us as a church and especially for you as parents to talk about these things with your kids. Here's what the Lord's teaching me. Simple things. Here's what the Lord's teaching me. Here's what I'm reading today. Let's read this together. Let's do this together. I'm going to involve you in what the Lord's doing with me and recite those things in the ears of Joshua. Recite those things in the ears of the next generation. So what does that mean for the church? For us as a church, well, we are, just to let you guys in on, on a little bit about what we are, are doing. Um, in Area Kids, we are, we're teaching about, uh, we actually, I think we're starting today. Today's the first day of of the series, um, we're talking about royalty and living like royalty in God's kingdom and, and how we can be a part of God's kingdom. And so we have this big idea, right? And it's where this whole month is surrounded by this, by this thought that I was adopted because God values me. Now I live like royalty. And so we're, we're surrounding this month around that around that idea. So that, that's what we're teaching your kids, just to let you in on, on what's going on back there. We're not just having fun and, you know, like giving them candy, although it might seem like that to you who go home with hyper kids. Um, that's, that's not all we're doing. We're, we're, learning, we're learning about how we can live in the kingdom of God and what that means for us, what that means for, for kids. That's what we're learning in, in area kids right now. We're especially putting uh, a focus and an emphasis on worship, we, we're starting to um, we're starting to we're partnering with Anna um, Anna Strelowski. She's she's coming in. She's helping us really gear up and amp up worship with kids and and growing worshipers and teaching kids how to worship and giving them an opportunity to worship. We're also creating. We're being very intentional in every service that that we uh, that that we write or that we prepare. We're we're setting aside time for what, what I'm calling opportunities for personal encounter. So what that means is there are, there are specific intentional times set in place where kids can pray with each other. Like there's one-on-one -on -one prayer with, with kids going on. There's, there's small group prayers some weeks. There's, there's, um, we, we take time and maybe just write out letters to God or draw pictures of, of here's what the Lord's um, showing me in worship today. Like these are, these are things that we're being very intentional about with kids. That's, that's what's going on in area kids. With, with the canyon, it's, it's very similar. We're, we are, we're very intentional. We're, we're trying to teach how to worship. We're very intentional about having prayer time where we're not just, again, we're not just coming in and, and having fun, although hopefully we're having fun. We're much more intentional about, about prayer opportunities and, and inviting the Holy Spirit and uh, inviting the, the Holy Spirit to move in, in whatever we want to do. 
So that's what we're doing in, in the next generation. That's some of the things that, that the church, that we as a church are doing. Be on the lookout, um, kids or uh, uh, parents of, of area kids age, elementary age. Hopefully um, in the near future, we'll have like little CDs with all the worship songs that we're going to be doing um, that, that you can kind of worship together um, outside, of, outside of church. So that's, that's going to be fun too. And um, here in just, I don't know, 10 days, on the 18th, we're going to launch something called Family Foundations. You might have seen some signs around the church um, or you know, on the website or whatever um, about Family Foundations. And so I want to take a couple minutes here as I close to kind of explain what Family Foundations is. What Family Foundations, this is going to be a family uh, Bible scripture um, plan. It's going to be a family Bible reading plan, just another tool to help you guys bring this into the home, right? Bring this in, because I understand sometimes this type of thing, if you haven't done this before, it can be overwhelming, and you don't know where to start, and, and it's, it's intimidating, but we want to make this as, as easy as possible, as least intimidating as, as possible. And so this is what, this is what we're doing. Um, we, we started to do this. We kind of like did a mini version of this a few months ago. Um, I believe it was back in November. Um, we're going to relaunch this, um, where we are going to send out, uh, scriptures every week. Every week there's going to be a new set of scriptures that, that we're going to send out, um, whether that's in, in, uh, in email or social media or um, on the website, you'll be able to find these scriptures, and um, it's not going to be much. It's just going to be a few verses, maybe you know, up a, a story um, that you're going to read through that week as as a family. And so each week, this is kind of fun. I thought this was fun. Maybe you, maybe you might you might think this. It might just be a next gen pastor thing that just because that is what I do that I think this is fun but each week is going to have a different theme okay so there's going to be four weeks right and then we're going to start it over so it's going to continually roll on but there's going to be four weeks each with a different theme so the first theme the first uh, the first week is story week and so there's going to be a, a story the first one spoiler alert is going to be uh, the story of Abraham. We're going to start with Abraham. And so the story week that week, each, um, each, each uh, set of scriptures is going to be about the life of Abraham. It's kind of fun, right? Yes, fun. Okay. Then uh, the, the next week, um, next week is going to be Psalms week. All the scriptures are going to come from the Psalms. So that's, that's kind of cool. Um, all, all scriptures from the Psalms, there's a lot of Psalms to choose from, so I don't think we're going to run out of material very, very soon. Um, the, the, the next week, third week, is going to be Gospel Week. Um, so all the stories or all the scriptures are going to come from the life and teaching of Jesus. And then the last week is going to come from one of the epistles. If you don't know what an epistle is, it's one of the letters, right? One of the letters in the New Testament. So like Romans or Galatians or Ephesians, one of those books, it's going to have one of those power-packed books that's, uh, that, that has a lot of teaching opportunity. And so that's going to be our four weeks. And then after epistle week, we're going to start over, and we're going to look at a new story, and then a new psalm, and a new set of uh, gospel scriptures and all that. So I think, I think that's going to be pretty fun, and hopefully that's going to give you as parents the tools that you need, at least a step in the right direction, so that you can do what we've been talking about here today, and you can be successful 
in laying that foundation for the future of our church. Is that cool? So listen, um, I want to uh, I want to I want to close with this. We have a video uh, testimony that that we want to show, and it's all about this. It's all about you know when when we when we showed this when we started this. Like there's one family in our church that really took this to heart, and and the Lord really spoke. Um, really spoke and, and really moved and it and it changed um, their family and changed a lot of a lot of things that, that happened in their family and so I thought you know when when we heard this we thought wow we we really need to capture this on video the church needs to see this testimony and hopefully this is encouraging and inspiring to, to you especially you parents so if we're ready with the video let's go ahead I had no plan, I had no idea, and I honestly didn't know where to start. And I would pray and pray and pray to God and cry myself to sleep at night in prayer. I kind of got a whiff that the, that the church was gonna start the the, fam, the Bible plan. The one thing that was that was that I kept hearing was like, why, like why do you believe in me? Like why like why why do you believe in God? Like what why do you believe in me? How do you know I exist? And I struggled with that. You know, I mean, I just figured, hey, I mean, if you know, I mean, if he if he could change a heart and heart, I mean, I mean, we could figure this out together. Um, but for some reason, when it came to this, I had a sense of peace. I fully surrendered, and so, um, yeah, I remember that. And so I was praying. So that was on a that was a Monday, and so you know, I just kept praying all week. You know, I want to surrender. I want to surrender. I want to surrender. So I dropped the kids off at jujitsu, and uh, I took off on my run. And I remember I was running down the street, and I was just like praying as hard as I could, just Lord, please, Lord, please. I can't do this on my own. Like I need your help. Like it's getting intense. I, you know, these kids. You know, it's like my biggest fear is failing my children. And like I, I gotta, I, I gotta pick it up. And I remember I was running down the road, and I was like, I surrender. And I was like this. And I'm just thinking as I'm doing it, you know, I'm like, and I'm running, just running, I surrender. Like just running like this, you know, and. One moment I think to myself, like, these people think I'm crazy, man. You know, like, see this guy running down the road all sweating, you know, like that. And then it just hit me, like, you know, like, I kept thinking to myself, like, I just want to, like, speak to me. Like, show me something. Like, just, I just need this. Please help me. And, and I thought about it because I was, you know, like, oh, well, maybe I hear this, you know. Or, or did you say that? Or is that just me? And all of a sudden, now comes my kids and my wife, like, hey, you know, you should probably. I'm like, what? And I remembered at that point, you know. So, like, like for me, I mean. I don't, I don't hear, I mean, I mean, I, I'm sure I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that he talks, I, I, he speaks to me, but honestly, like, the Lord speaks to me through my children and my wife, and he does it a lot, and it's just like, I just have this. and like, from that day on, I started listening to it. Sorry. So that's just part of the story. The the next um, we'll, we'll get the the rest of that story next week. Um, so be there um, next week. That's that that's incredible. Um, I mean that just that that excites me. That just amps me to know that that what we're doing here is really like impacting families, and this is something that can impact your family. That's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. 
So listen, we have, um, we have just a, a few minutes, um, so I thought what we would do, let's, um, let's do this. This might be, if you're new to Eastside, this is, I don't know, something not familiar maybe. Um, if you have been at Eastside, this isn't, this isn't unfamiliar at all. We're going to pray. Um, let's, let's maybe, let's, let's get together in like three or four to close out the service. Let's get together in three or four. And let's pray over this, this topic right here, that we can bring in the foundation, like that we can lay the foundation for the future prophets and apostles and pastors in the next room. Is that cool? Cool. Let's do that three or four, and then I'll close this out, and then we'll be dismissed.